Welcome everyone, you're listening to Save Me an ILC, the show that talks about musicals in an understandable and relatable way. I'm Katie, and I'm joined by my fellow musical enthusiasts, Amber and Kylie. Hello. Also joining us is our musical newbie, Matt. Hello. Last week we went over Jekyll and Hyde, and to take a break from some murder, we are doing Book of Mormon this week, which is almost the exact opposite. (laughs) Religion. In some form. In some form. We do want to throw out there that this show is very vulgar and profane. So if you do go to listen to it, which we do encourage, it is a hilarious show. Just keep that in mind. It, it's probably not for uh, younger listeners. So we can just go ahead and jump right on into it. Amber, would you like to start us off? Yes. So I got into Book of Mormon all the way back in high school in the high school theater crowd, as it were. And let me tell you, this show is absolutely hilarious it's the whole thing is just satire basically which comes as no surprise that it's written by trey parker and matt stone who are the creators of south park (laughs) so they first thought of a fictionalized joseph smith who is the the founder of mormonism as it were so they were working on a fox series about historical characters which ended up being aborted but you know They also did a South Park episode about Mormons, and then they met with Robert Lopez, who wrote the music for the musical Avenue Q, if you're familiar with it. It's talking puppets, and also very inappropriate. So we will eventually eventually cover that one as well. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. So these three got together, and they actually, like, went out and interviewed missionaries and (laughs) ex-missionaries and spent years writing this musical about Mormons and about the, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which is who it is. And the main thing about that church is that basically the main thing that they preach is about love and service, right? So it's, it's a very wholesome uh, <laughs> religion, which is then torn apart a little bit in this show, which is fine. And you mentioned this show is extremely inappropriate. There's a lot of cussing. There's a lot of inappropriate language and sensitive subjects. There is an entire song cursing out God. So there's that. <laughs> Yay. Be aware. Um, <laughs> so after the years that they spent writing this, the show was first staged in 2011. And then it premiered in 2013 in the West End. They had two U.S. national tours. And they're currently going through an Australian tour a European tour and just a general like UK tour. So still going pretty cool. Oh, Never I mean, actually seen it myself, but I, know, I was going to say like someday we, we don't have it in our area, <laughs> which sucks. Someday book of Mormon musical did win nine Tony awards. That's like, their, cool. like Academy awards or Grammys for musicals, musicals or plays. Right. Yeah. And the Broadway cast recording, which as far as I'm aware is the only recording available for this musical so that is what is available on our spotify account which you're welcome to listen along with us uh it's became the highest charting broadway cast album in over four decades of musicals which so, just like blows my mind that is <laughs> that just doesn't sound right but <laughs> it's amazing yeah that's that's crazy <laughs> oh yeah so, so yeah it was um it did it did really really well surprisingly um just 
one of the comments I think is one of the funniest reviews of it is uh, the filthiest, most offensive, and surprise sweetest thing you'll see on Broadway this year, and quite possibly the funniest musical ever, which is so accurate about this show. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I just when we first talked about doing this, it was the first time I'd ever listened to it, ever gotten into it, and I was honestly surprised. I was like, this is the funniest thing I've ever heard ever. Another comment was, even as it profaned some serious articles of faith, its spirit is anything but mean, which is very true. Like, they do delve into um, one of the most well-known facts about Mormonism, which is, you know, going door-to-door to talk about their religion, and they just twist it in such a funny but relatable way, and I think that's pretty great. One of the one of the negative responses is that it's no better than a college show, which I agree it's very much college-ish humor, but it is so much more than that. So it's very smart. It's a very smart show. So I'll give them that. It has been said that the depiction of the Africans has been called racist, which I will give them that. But again, it's written by the creators of South Park. So <laughs> They've done a lot more obscene things. Yeah. They've done worse. They've done way worse but i don't think it i actually don't think it goes too too terribly far into it to be honest i haven't actually watched the show but with the music it i mean it it goes a little bit into it the one thing i majorly heard from of it from mostly a friend that saw it was like it was actually pretty accurate to like the the beliefs like they they really did sit down and do a lot of their research yeah so which is pretty impressive yeah that's cool of course a, a show about the book of mormon had some response from mormons i would imagine so and they were actually pretty pretty okay about it not super upset or anything which is is pretty neat considering the sensitive subject matter and it was even said that uh, the production may attempt to entertain audiences for an evening but the book of mormon as a volume of scripture will change people's lives forever by bringing them closer to christ which i guess people could actually get curious about the religion watching this show which is an interesting thing they (laughs) even advertised in the playbills You've seen the play, now read the book. And I think that is the funniest thing. That, <laughs> that is, is genius. Quality advertising. <laughs> yeah. It's quality and it's also like they understand it's it's definitely a funny thing. Like they they understand their religion might be not super in the best light sometimes and they, they get that, but they're like, just come check it out yourself. Get your own it's your own thing. And that it's not it's not one hundred percent accurate to their religion. And even I can attest to that, but it's 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 a funny show and i'm glad that they embraced it enough you know but uh overall the songs in the musical are very bouncy and fun even when talking about depressing subjects which there are a couple in in the show there are a number of reprises but none of them are featured on the broadway cast recording from the 2011 performance which is what we're we are working off of as amber said it's the only one that we could find at this current point in time and it's of course on our spotify which you can find the link in our show notes we will have um that whole whole thing up there and it's it's a really good listen the songs in this musical actually have a lot of other musical muses such as sound of music the king and i wicked hairspray and more which i don't know if i hear it (laughs) i didn't at first either but i started doing research and found some notes that said that and like i went back and listened and you can actually hear like there are chunks of music from like define gravity in one of the songs and like it's it's uncanny almost like the muses that they yeah yeah i could hear that too with defying gravity with some of the songs yeah i guess after you, you point out it does 
I did mention to myself, like when I was listening to it, I was like, it does follow a very base format for musicals, like, you know, the swells and the diving into the characters. And it's actually very spot on for the pacing of a musical, which I, I'll give them good credit for. Because again, considering the subject matter, before we dive into the actual show, I will want to say that if you are interested in more about Mormonism, because again, the show is not 100% accurate. Last podcast on the left actually just did, I think it was a six-part series on Mormonism and how it got developed and how it's changed through the years. I would definitely give that a listen because it does all the research for you. <laughs> nice. So let's go ahead and dive into Act 1. All right. Act 1 starts off by introducing us to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We have the song titled Hello, which, like Katie pointed out, is the stereotype of Mormons. The elders go door to door trying to convince people to read the Book of Mormon, right? So they, there's this doorbell sound, and they're knocking on doors, and they're introducing themselves and trying to get people to read their book. It's a great song. Actually, that, <laughs> that one might be my third favorite, to be honest. <laughs> that's that's very fair. Fun. It's a very, very fun way to start the show because it just brings you right into the action. You know exactly um, what you're signing up. So then after that, we see the elders get paired up and sent on their missions, right? And they all, they refer to themselves as an army, which is pretty funny. Yeah. So we get the song two by two because Mormons, I'm sure you may have seen them walking around neighborhoods and neighborhoods and coming to your door. They go out in pairs of two and they go on their missions where they go out and try to convert people to their faith. So our main protagonist, Elder Kevin Price, who in the original cast is played by Andrew Rannells, who's been in a lot of other musicals. So you might recognize the name gets paired with Elder Arnold Cunningham, who in the original cast is played by Josh Gad, also played Olaf in Frozen, and I remember as well as <laughs> several other musicals. Telling Amber, I was like, that was Josh Gad in that, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> it's a very recognizable voice. <laughs> very, very. So Elder Price and Elder Cunningham get paired together, and then they get their assignment of where they're sent on their mission. Elder Price really wants to go to Orlando, Florida, because it's apparently his favorite place in the world, which, I mean, is fair. They have Disney, so. That line in that song, by the way, <laughs> is constantly stuck in my head. Like, Orlando, always, <laughs> always there. He's very passionate about Orlando, Florida. He is. <laughs> but instead, they get assigned to Uganda. Uganda. At first, they're like, where is, what, where is that? <laughs> it, it's in Africa. You guys are going very far. They, they it is definitely not, not Orlando, way. Florida. They do not know <laughs> They do not. <laughs> so they get sent off to Uganda. And let's be real, Price is not happy about it. <laughs> Obviously. But he's also, he's just, he's ready to accept it. And he's ready to do his thing because he's a very bossy and selfish character. He's very, self, like, very focused on himself. And so we get the song, You and Me, But Mostly Me, <laughs> where he sings about how he's going to do so many great things. Doesn't matter the fact that he has a partner. He's going to do great things. Yep. Just him. <laughs> Mostly him. Mostly him. <laughs> so yeah, so they, uh, they arrive in Uganda, where they are stopped and robbed by soldiers of the local warlord. And I'm not making this up. General Buttfucking Naked. And that is actually his name. And they are taken to their village where they learn about life there. Everything is terrible. And they deal with it by cursing at God. You know, as one does. <laughs> as you do. As as you do. 
They deal with things like poverty and famine and no rain, obviously. 80% of the tribe has AIDS. And so they deal with it by, you know, saying, fuck you, God, of course. And Price and Cunningham, they also start to, you know, repeat this African phrase over the fact that they lost their luggage or their bus was late. And then they learn what it actually means. And they're like, no, you can't, you can't say that. It's, you know, God's pretty cool dude. And the tribe's like, no, no, he's not. Because again, we have, <laughs> we have AIDS and the only way to cure it is to have sex with virgins, but we're running out of virgins. So some of us are just like, hey, let's go have sex with a baby. Uh, wow. Sound <laughs> logic. <laughs> Sound logic. The general also happens to warn Price and Cunningham to stay away from his daughter. Obviously. As um, good fathers do. As good fathers do. <laughs> and the song is Hasadiga Ibowai, which means fuck you, God. It is super inappropriate. Um, <laughs> forgot to mention at the top of this episode, Mom, if you're listening, stop. Uh, <laughs> stop before you even just, play this. We're just going to blacklist her from this episode. She's not allowed to listen. She, she might cry. <laughs> So yeah, she's also never allowed to listen to this show ever because I don't think she would appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> but it is it is very Hakuna Matata-esque. It kind of pokes pokes fun at this one mentality that these people sing about. And it's, it's pretty funny. They even make a comment about it in the show. Just hilarious. So Price and Cunningham meet the general's daughter who pronounces for me, Amber. I don't know if I'm going to do this right. Abulungi. Abulungi. Okay. I know you put it in like <laughs> pronunciation <laughs> i did but i still i was still like ah! <laughs> so they meet her and they also meet a few other missionaries that are still staying there who have been unsuccessful in bringing any of the tribe members over to the mormon religion so elder mckinley teaches price and cunningham about thought suppression which is how to deal with negative feelings like gayness and parental abuse but just you know you just turn them off like a light switch and this song is called turn it off and this song was the song when we were in high school. It was just like, oh, if you're gay, just turn it off. And it was very satirical and dumb, and I love it. And very catchy. It is so catchy. You're just like, oh, just turn it off. It's such a good song. That's literally not how gayness works. <laughs> or a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> or well, any I've, negative emotion. <laughs> I've been lied to this whole time. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Sorry about it. So by this point, Elder Price is feeling a, a little down. He's feeling a little anxious because if these other people can't succeed, then why can he, right? But this is where Elder Cunningham comes in and he's just, you know, he's just cheery little Josh Gad and he's just <laughs> such a good friend, right? <laughs> and he's just boy. like, dude, he is, he's the best boy. And he's like, you can do this. Like, you got this. <laughs> I believe in you. And so he sings a song, I Am Here For You, which is this like a very croony song where he like sings to him. Very cute. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's just like a great best friend song. It really is. So this gives Elder Price his like second win. And he's like, yes, I can do this. I can teach the tribe about Mormonism. And so he sings what is my second favorite song from the musical, which is All American Prophet. Oh, and the yeah. song is just so... It's so bouncy and fun and it just gets stuck in my head all the time because not only is it just like a really fun song to listen to, but it's also really informative actually because this is yeah. one of the songs where we get pretty much like mostly true facts about the Mormon religion 
and you see how like passionate Elder Price is about what he's teaching. And it's actually really interesting. So after listening to it, I was comparing, you know, in my head, the stuff I just learned about Mormonism. And it's actually pretty, you know, pretty close. Like, it's almost exact. So I give him props. Yeah, because we get the story about how, you know, Joseph Smith is living on a farm in New York and God's like, go look for these golden plates that have the Bible on them. So he goes looking for them because that's what you do when God talks to you. (laughs) An angel comes. He's a quest giver, yes. Basically. (laughs) An angel comes down from the sky and is like, you should tell everyone about those plates, but not show them the plates. And he's like, yeah, that makes sense. Obviously. (laughs) So Joseph Smith writes the Book of Mormon and shares it with everyone. And they head west to the promised land. There is a part where Cunningham compares the Book of Mormon, which is the third book of the Bible, right, to... Star Wars 3, Return of the Jedi. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) Mm, Yes. So, you know, take that as you will, right? (laughs) I forgot the part where, you know, know, they found golden plates on the Death Star or whatever. Craziness. (laughs) (laughs) But that's where we start to see a little bit of how Cunningham thinks of, because he thinks of his religion very much through those like sci-fi terms. And so we'll see that later in the musical. But eventually Joseph Smith gets shot and dies so he passes on the leadership to Brigham Young who's probably also a name you've heard in relation to Mormonism and so the people keep heading west they end up in wow surprise Utah Salt Lake City but then at the end of the song Elder Price has been great he's been informing everyone about all this stuff but then his selfishness comes back which is I don't know he's just so passionate it's crazy (laughs) But he basically equates himself with Joseph Smith and says that he's the next prophet, which (laughs) (laughs) if you know how prophets work, that's not really how prophets work. Yeah, no, you don't just get to decide that you're a prophet. (laughs) Pretty sure it's a, you know, it's a God given thing, but it's fine. (laughs) It is me. I am the prophet. Oh, he ends the song by declaring that he is the next all American prophet. So, you know, yikes. (laughs) <laughs> and then uh, we immediately go from this really fun, awesome, ridiculous song, and then to the general that announces that he wants to perform genital mutation on all the female villagers, which is wants not... to cut off their clits. Yeah, that's, that's not, not okay. You know, that solves your problems. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and when when a villager protests, the general kills him because yep. But the the general actually locks his daughter away at home to protect her. I don't, I don't know what his thought process is. I mean, I get it, but also, like, he wants to mutilate every other female. I don't know. Nabalangi thinks that the missionaries and their religion will help the women of the tribe be strong, liberated, and happy, which isn't the strongest part of Mormonism, but <laughs> whatever. And she equates Price's tales with tales that her mother had sung to her about a land of paradise that has, like, unicorns and no pain and, you know, all the food and flour and that stuff. And she just wants... To fit in. That's all she that's all she wants. And the song Saltale Cassiti, which Let me uh, tell you. <laughs> oh my god, me... I didn't You didn't even get that? Me... I didn't even get that. <laughs> oh my god. It took me until like recently. Okay, and I listened to this oh musical in high school. It took me until recently to realize that she's saying Salt Lake City. But um, um yeah, whatever however she heard it. But Cassiti, <laughs> it it oh took me an embarrassing long, long time to realize that <laughs> yikes uh i actually picked up on that pretty early i don't know if it's because i was just 
listening to it on repeat when we decided to this episode. But I was just like, oh yeah, that's how she says says Salt Lake City. That's that's clever. That's a clever way to, to change it up. So the the mission president, the ones that kind of keeps track of the elders, you know, he reaches out and asks for a progress report. And upset ever good. Right, I know. It's like <laughs> boss like me. Especially in school. <laughs> right. <laughs> So Price is upset at the lack of progress that they made because they still haven't actually converted any any of the tribes folk. So he asks for a transfer to or- Orlando, Florida, obviously. His favorite place. His favorite place. Cunningham offers to go with him, of course, because he's best boy. But no belonging. But Price is like, nah. <laughs> nah, Nabi. You you hold me back. I'm the next prophet. But Nobelungi comes to Cunningham with other villagers and wants to know more about the Book of Mormon. So he decides to man up like Jesus when he got on the cross. Because that's a great correlation. And mm-hmm. <laughs> agrees to teach them the religion. This song cracks me up every time. <laughs> and it's not necessarily like the words that are being said, but Josh Gad hams it up so much. And I love it. <laughs> it is such a good song. But during this song, Price commits a major Mormon sin. He ditches his mission companion, leaves Cunningham all alone, and goes to Orlando. Which that's like... A huge no-no when they're on their mission. And this, this song is a, a classic end to an act with uh, several characters singing their own storylines all at once. So Price is going on and on about Orlando and Cunningham is talking about manning up and Obolungi sings about Salt Lake City and they reprise their <laughs> songs and sing their hearts out up until intermission. So they kind of just like wraps it up in a very nice intermission way. Nice. Reached intermission. What do you guys think so far? <laughs> Well, I think it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it is hilarious. I I truly hope somewhere somebody is just like a big musical fan. So they go and see like everyone that comes out and like they just weren't prepared for what, what this <laughs> is. And they're just sitting there like, what is happening? <laughs> what did I just sit down to watch? Yeah. Again, mom, if you're listening, don't listen to this musical. <laughs> you should have stopped before we told you to. Right? Yeah. Ish. I don't think she, I don't know if she would even get past the first like two songs. I don't think she could do it. Much. <laughs> well, it it nice. definitely takes a lot to get used to. <laughs> it does. Like the first time I heard the the Hasadiga Ibuai, I was like, Oh, oh yeah, my god. <laughs> oh, this oh, is no. naughty. This is so naughty because you know I don't like I don't like the c word and they say it a lot. <laughs> Yep. It's not it's not my favorite. I, but I still sing to it anyway. So bad. Cuz it's so catchy and I hate it. <laughs> I feel so bad every time I sing along to that song cuz I'm like, "Oh no, I don't really mean this." <laughs> right. I know the hidden meaning. <laughs> oh no. Um, <laughs> I just also think it's a big testament to the creators Trey and Trey and Matt cuz like being a big fan of South Park for all these years and hear that they made a musical, it's like, okay, yeah, whatever. And then it starts just getting awards and all this praise. It's just like, well, maybe maybe they're actually smart and on to something. So it's cool to hear more about it. Yeah, they definitely, they're definitely smart. I mean, I know a lot of people look at South Park and it's just like, oh, this dumb, crude humor show. And most of the time it is. But to come up with that kind of content constantly is actually mm-hmm. pretty difficult. So... I think this this musical definitely kind of ties in all of their like thought process. Like it's it's actually pretty well done. Mm-hmm. Especially because it's not just it's not crude just to be crude. It's crude 
within a context. Right. And that's just smart of them to put everything they've done together, much less, you know, right. this. Yeah. It definitely tells a, 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 a good story. It doesn't just, it's not just like fart jokes the whole time. It's, it's a great, it's a great listen. We will eventually watch it. There is a line that is a repeated joke throughout the show that I'm pretty sure they just stuck in to be idiots. Um, but <laughs> one man sings about how there are uh, <laughs> maggots in his scrotum. I love that. So <laughs> this poor man has so many maggots. It's yeah, it's only said like three times, but that is still the funny. Like it took me by such surprise when everyone was singing all this this big ballad, and he's just like maggots in his scrotum. <laughs> They keep it they keep it light throughout even in the, the serious times and it's pretty it's pretty great. Yeah, your your mom should definitely not listen to this ever. Like, ever. Yeah, you need to put in the description, don't listen to this mother. <laughs> right. And like she I remember her listening to Avenue Q without knowing anything about it. And oh <laughs> and boy. This is, this is even worse. I don't think she even finished the C D. Like, and this one's definitely worse. Maybe not in like an uh, all-around way but just that one just the hostage evil Y song that no <laughs> that'd be it yeah nope no. okay so so now we're gonna go to our theater fact kylie take it away oh the term off broadway isn't geographical um broadway theaters have 500 seats off broadway has 100 to 499 seats and off off Broadway have less than a hundred seats, and I not I honestly never knew that. I never knew it either. Yeah, so it's um, like off off <laughs> off Broadway, like a stool. Yes, it's a one man okay. production. <laughs> it's, it was just it's just one person in the audience. It's someone in someone's <laughs> attic. That's all it is. Yep. <laughs> all right, then if uh, no one has any more questions or comments about Act One, we will scoot right on into Act Two. Scoot, scoot, scoot. Okay, so Act 2. The villagers get frustrated with Cunningham teaching them the Book of Mormon. I mean, I imagine it's not super exciting for them. But to keep them interested, Cunningham, a compulsive liar, makes up a bunch of stories that combines doctrine with science fiction. Which is hilarious for him to just be like, yeah, and then Boba Fett! It's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And so this song is called Making Things Up Again, and it's pretty hilarious. And uh, the voices of the stories... Like his dad is conscious, Joseph Smith, hobbits, and Yoda, you know, admonish him for lying. But he rationalizes it with his success in converting the villagers. So yes, he is making this a really twisted story, but it's getting... He's saving the babies. Exactly. He's making it the way it's supposed to be, you know, like keeping them safe and whatever. So yeah, so if they sleep with an infant, they'll burn in Mordor. It's from Lord of the Rings. (laughs) (laughs) and having sex with a frog and not a baby will cure their AIDS. So run frogs. (laughs) And then of course, performing genital mutilation will cause Boba Fett to turn them into a frog, which can then possibly get fucked for curing AIDS. He tells a pretty twisted story, but man, does it make them convert? (laughs) It it works. It works. They're like, okay, let's go. Here we go. (laughs) And then on the, the opposite side of this duo is Price. He arrives in Orlando, but then he just realized that he's dreaming. He has a nightmare about hell where silver people there, Satan, Dahmer, Hitler, you know, the huge, admonish him. And this spooks him into taking up his 
back to his original mission. And this song, Spooky Mormon Hell Dream, is so funny and so catchy. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's like one of my favorite songs. And he's like talking to these horrible people. And Dahmer's like, yeah, I, I ate a guy. And he's like, but yeah, I left my mission partner. So I'm obviously the worst here. And it's just... <laughs> It ditched your buddy. You're a horrible person. You're horrible, and it so it's it's probably one of my favorite songs. It's super spooky, spooky wooky, as the song says. Spooky too. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, Price is spooked back into you know going back and f- completing his original mission. So now this is this is his final big break, right? He's ready for this. The Mormons, so all of the other missionaries that are there realize that they need to get the general on board before they can convince everyone else, right? Because if the leader's not involved, then everyone else isn't really going to fall in line. Right. So that now they realize they have to convince the general, who has been obviously a problem this entire time. <laughs> so this is where we get the song, I Believe, which is my absolute favorite song so in this musical. It is such a power ballad and it's just like the all-american prophet which is probably why i like both of them but again it's price with just this this passion for everything he believes in which again the song lists a bunch of mormon stuff which obviously may or may not be accurate but you know god created the universe and sent his son to die for his sins and ancient Jews built boats and sailed to america when they die they get their own planets uh the church president talks to god we get to hear about how in 1978, God changed his mind about black people and Which, just said, they're cool now. It's actually accurate. That actually happened. <laughs> yeah. God lives on a planet as well called Kolob. And the Garden of Eden is actually, ironically enough, in Jackson County, Missouri. Missouri represents. Um, which is over by, <laughs> over by Kansas City. <laughs> um, so if you guys ever want to go to the Garden of Eden, it's apparently like not that far away from us. Let's go. It's <laughs> bring apples. <laughs> right. So he sings about all this stuff and like the super like saying that he believes in this stuff so powerfully that like his belief will pass on to the people around him. So he ends up confronting the general and the choreography is hilarious because he dances across the stage and grabs the general's arm and like tries to like get him to dance with him, like arms up and like <laughs> smiling back and forth and the general's just like what the fuck <laughs> what is this what is happening doing? right now <laughs> he can't dance oh. and it's pretty much like the human representation of spongebob trying to <laughs> talk to him right <laughs> yes yeah he's just like so excited especially with general has nothing too, to do right? with it <laughs> yeah yes. yeah so obviously the general is extremely unimpressed and ends up dragging Price away into the darkness. Da, 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 da. Spooky. Spooky. So we don't know what's happening with him while we get back to Cunningham, who is still teaching the villagers about the Book of Mormon and promises to start baptizing people, right? Which is another favorite song. I have so many favorite songs in this musical, you guys. This was so good. <laughs> They're all so good. So this song is called Baptize Me, which is a little bit slower. And it's a duet between Cunningham and the general's daughter, Nabulungi. And they kind of share a tender moment because they kind of like each other a little bit. And so he sings about how he's, she's like, will you baptize me? And he's like, I've never done it before, but I can figure it out. And the whole song sounds like they're having sex. Very much in you. Because he's like, it's my first time. And she's like, okay, I trust you. <laughs> and yeah. literally sings that she's wet with salvation. 
So yeah, it was um. Yep. Makes you cringe the first time you listen to it, but then Definitely. you listen again and you're like, well, I mean, that's this is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's good. a fantastic play on words <laughs> and like emotion too, like the way they sing it and inflection and everything. It's just like, yeah, there's there's a secret meaning here. <laughs> but in the end, he you know puts her in the water and baptizes her, and she's like excited to be a Mormon now. So you know that's totally how it works. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And the missionaries and the villagers, they feel connected through their teachings. So they start to celebrate by singing a song called I Am Africa. And (laughs) which is super ironic because they're all white guys singing about how they embody Africa, which has been an an issue for the entire span of the universe. (laughs) 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 But it is a is an interesting song. And then meanwhile, while this is happening, Price is seen in the village doctor's office having the Book of Mormon removed from his rectum. All righty. That's what happened in the the shadows. The general (laughs) got a little angry. A little angry. But the general hears about the villagers' conversion and says he's going to kill them all. So that's fun. (laughs) Yay. Yay. Supportive. (laughs) <laughs> and uh price is really down obviously because i mean he just had a book up his butt i would be down too <laughs> but cunningham comes to him and convinces him that they they need to work together to fully convert the tribe because their their mission president is coming to check on them not just a phone call he's actually coming to uganda to be like yo how's it going which yikes so <laughs> one of my favorite <laughs> favorite things happens so in front of the mission president the villagers do a performance about Mormonism and Joseph Smith, the American Moses. So this is a song like going, comparing the story that was told originally by Price and how with uh, Cunningham's influence, how it's changed. And it's uh, <laughs> called Joseph Smith, American Moses. And it is so funny. It just moves a bunch of stuff around and it's completely inaccurate to the way it was originally told to them. Like they change it to where, you know, Joseph Smith is... You know, this American Moses who has to, you know, convince other warlords that he's super cool and that you can't sleep with babies and he got to fuck a frog and <laughs> and all this stuff. And he's on this magical journey across, you know, wherever. And they do sing a whole good chunk of the song about how they all get dysentery. <laughs> the Oregon Trail. <laughs> well, yep. And uh, that's how they brought that with them. They brought it with them. Oregon <laughs> Trail game. <laughs> they, they played it on the road. And Joseph Smith dies of dysentery. And at the end of the song, it kind of ends with they got to they got to get back to fucking so they can make lots of babies and have big Mormon families, which is also another stereotype of, of Mormons because they do. It isn't like their religion to to have more Mormons so they can you know spread the faith and be close to their families and stuff like that. So it's a. Uh, it's a very uh, interesting song to see how they've progressed and quote unquote learned their teachings. <laughs> As I'm sure you could figure out the mission president is just appalled. Yep. He's just absolutely astounded by the pure mess that these <laughs> <laughs> supposed Mormons are telling them because this is clearly not the right story and this is not okay to mess with their teachings. So, he orders all the missionaries to just go home, 
And he tells the villagers that they will never, ever be Mormons, which is heartbreaking, especially Nabulungi, the general's daughter, because this whole time she's like, she was the first one to get on board, you know, and she really wanted this for that, that freedom and that power that it would give her. And now someone's telling her that she can't do that. And I'm, addition to all the other things I'm sure she's not allowed to do. Right. And she's so, not good enough for it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But there's also this point where Price kind of realizes that, that Cunningham was right all along. You know, it's not about being the big guy. It's not about being a prophet. It's about spreading that message of love and about service more so than the actual like word of the Bible. The message is more important, which is pretty much the message of this entire musical. Um, yeah. It's basically, you don't, you don't have to be you know, so strict in religion, just stop being, you know, dicks to each other. Just be nice. Yeah. The general arrives and he's, of course, all angry. The general's daughter admits, actually admits that they knew that Cunningham was lying the whole time <laughs> and that they realized that it was just metaphors for the actual truth, which is, which is such a like, it's such a big moment <laughs> <laughs> that like they actually knew the truth all along and they were just like, Letting Cunningham tell his stories. Like, yeah, sure. <laughs> He's having a good time. I mean, both this is totally interesting. Real. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. <laughs> hey, story time's always fun. So Price and Cunningham come back, and Cunningham lies to the general and talks about how he was just like out in the wilderness eaten by lions, but he was resurrected by God <laughs> because of his faith. That'll do it. The general and scares him away. <laughs> that would spook me too. Yeah, but, you know. Yeah, it would. <laughs> so price because the general gets spooked away he rallies together the missionaries and the villagers to work together to make the village their own paradise so, so they don't need you know utah and the show ends by kind of copying the beginning of the show which i think is is really clever and funny and it uses ugandan mormon elders which includes the general in this imaginary scenario and so they're going door to door of you know like each hut and other tribes to preach about the book of Arnold, Arnold Cunningham, who they call their prophet now, which is, which is really <laughs> interesting uh, parallel. And it's really, really funny. It's super ironic. Yeah. Considering Bryce wanted to be the prophet the whole time. Yeah. He just, and ended up being Cunningham. Yeah. It's Cunningham <laughs> and his stories. The song kind of ends, ends with Mahanibu Ibuai instead of Hasti Ibawai, which uh, so they mean thank you God. So they're they're converted into this kind of newish branch of Mormonism. Their their like own version of Mormonism, and it, so it's it's really neat kind of ending for the show. And it all wraps up with a little ding dong, ding dong doorbell the way it started, which is so cute. It's so cute. Nice. And and hearing <laughs> hearing the Ugandan Mormon elders is so fun. <laughs> Hearing someone call themselves elder but fucking naked <laughs> kills me. Quality moment. Already then. <laughs> so that's that's the show. And we did it. So hey. So what is everyone's uh, thoughts on that second half in the show <laughs> as a whole? I I have a feeling a lot of people are like, oh, it can't get that much more absurd. And then they just like <laughs> crank it up a notch. Here's act two. <laughs> yeah. It uh, it definitely it definitely gets more like story based in the second one, like how their actions have these consequences in a but in a weird way, and it's it's pretty cool. <laughs> Keep in mind that you really really have to listen to the actual soundtrack to get oh my god yeah. a full picture here. 
because I mean, we're giving you a base overview, but like the lyrics of these songs are what are just going to make you shake your head and like cringe a little bit, but also laugh your head off. So yeah, it's it's this weird thing where like they're saying these really absurd things in the lyrics, but the songs are insanely good. I like when you're a kid and you're listening to a really, really bad song, but you don't realize it until you're a lot older or you pay attention closer. (laughs) Yes. Just like that. <laughs> Something doesn't add up here. <laughs> but I like I sang along to that. <laughs> and mom let me. Yeah. So this this one's not as as hidden. It's definitely like, <laughs> here I am. Here's my <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> but it's a it's a very good show. I, I definitely recommend it. You just have to go in knowing that it's it is very profane and a little vulgar at times. But I don't think it's over the top really i think for if you're going into with the with the a lot of other musicals as influences like matt mentioned earlier i think you might be a little shocked by this one but i think it's definitely worth a listen at least once and it definitely is i mean it's definitely more modern it definitely shows oh, its yeah. time it's definitely like grown with with musicals through the years it's it's, it's definitely made its place like when when we were talking about doing this one and amber mentioned it came out in 2011 I was surprised that it was so recent. <laughs> like it's I, a baby musical. It's still, it's still kind of a baby, but it's it's definitely definitely has that modern feel to it. it it's crazy that with the stage, it was allowed to fly. I guess you yeah. know with the South Park guys being behind it, it kind of got like a pass. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think yeah with with musicals, there's definitely been less censorship. I want to say it's it's less about you know these big grand love stories or whatever it's definitely it's definitely adapted over the years and i mean there's been shows similar in the different like the different build of them throughout the years there's there's always going to be like the outliers or whatever but with with nowadays it's getting definitely more acceptable in the in the musical crowd people are definitely opening up more to it so that i think the the base of fans more or less is growing so their audience they're trying to there's there's some something for everybody now that kind of thing it's really nice sure i think another one of the reasons why i like this musical so much is the fact that it's one of those where there's a lot of storytelling in the songs yes because musicals can musicals can go either way sometimes the songs are a little more accessory to plot and sometimes the songs are the plot and so this one is definitely very plot based and you can pretty much get most of the story just through listening to it which as like i said i haven't seen this one and i actually i listen to musicals a lot more than i go out to see them just because of situations and so money and availability and just (laughs) my life and so i definitely like that i can listen to this and know what's going on versus other musicals that may be a little less focused in that way so Right. I like that too about this one. Yeah, this one this one is 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 really it's really nice. Well, does anyone else have any any comments or questions about the show? It it good. It good. Yep. Matt seal of approval. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, that wraps up this episode of Save Me and ILC. We hope you enjoyed the Book of Mormon with us. Yeah. Uh please join us next time as we go through Chicago. Which is also very different from this one. So murder. (laughs) We like jumping around. Back to the murder. You know, this one 
This one had a little bit of murder, so we might just have a murder theme. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, thanks for listening to this episode, and we hope you guys all enjoyed it enough for us to continue doing this. Obviously, we do this because we love musicals and we love storytelling, so this is our way to get that out there. If you have any helpful tips or comments, you want to chat with us, please feel free to reach out with our email, save me an aisle seat at gmail.com, or you can tweet us and be sure to check out our Spotify. Thanks. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next episode. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Save Me an Aisle Seat. We do this show for fun, but if you'd like to support us, you can check out our Ko-Fi at www.ko-fi.com slash ragtag network. For more episodes and shows like this, go to our website at www.ragtagnetwork.com. This show is brought to you by the Ragtag Network.